starts before. Welcome to the Only One Mike Podcast. Paul Gerard, Brooklyn Dre, and Jay Rob is off tonight. But riding shotgun with me tonight is author, activist, educator, and chef, Mr. Calvin Eaton. How you doing, Calvin? Hello, how are you? All right, all right. Good to have you, brother. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, full disclosure, we got a little mix-up on the schedule today. So, of course, my brothers couldn't be here with me tonight. But, hey, I'm here, Calvin's here, and we're here to discuss Calvin's new cookbook, Just Desserts, 40 Step-by-Step Gluten-Free Dessert Recipes. Calvin. What prompted you to write this book? What was the journey that got you there? You know, out of all the slew of things that you do, author and an activist and an educator, and now we got chef on this menu, and now you have this cookbook out. Can you tell our audience, what prompted you to come up with this cookbook? Yeah, so this book has been, I would say, over 10 years in the making. Um, I started my the work that I do as an author and writer and content creator and creative. Really, um, back in 2012, when I started the Gluten-Free Chef blog, which is my website. And I like to say really that is really the journey, my entrepreneur journey and my, my first sort of official business that I started. Um, and that was largely born out of my, my my personal experiences dealing with some new health challenges that I was having, um, autoimmune illness that sort of came into my life. And it really required me to change the way in which I navigated food and what I was eating and how I was moving through the world. And so um, I started the blog really as a way to have like a diary about that journey, that health journey and the ups and downs that I was experiencing during that time. Um, the journey had started in 2010, but in 2012, I was living um, in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. And just in a really low period of my life, um, I had some recurring symptoms and stuff that happened that really um, made me pretty much bedbound for about nine months. And I started the blog in December of 2012, the Gluten-Free Chef blog, just because I wasn't able to to do a lot outside of the house. And I wanted to just share my experiences. And um, really, the, the, the Gluten-Free Chef blog was really just a way for me, again, to, to, be, to create like a a diary that I share with the world and many really wanting to connect with other people who might be experiencing similar circumstance health-wise and also just trying to understand what gluten-free really meant and how to eat and live gluten-free in a way that was inexpensive if, if I could um, and that, that tasted good. So that was really the catalyst of the Gluten-Free Chef blog. And then it just really grew from there. As you know, mm-hmm. you start something creative and it just begins to take a life of its own, if you will. And eventually I started to do some gluten-free baking for just some cafes and, and coffee shops in the area that I was living in, in East, East Nashville. Um, and then that really grew to me getting connected with people online as a content creator and writer. And I started to do some brand work. And this is, excuse me, this was, you know, back back then, 10 years ago, um, Facebook and Twitter had been around. Facebook had been around for, for, for a couple of years, no, a few years by that time. But it was really um, the early world of blogging and people writing on the internet for to make money, if you will. So I was just navigating that and really learning a lot. And um, it just sort of grew from there. So the Gluten-Free Chef blog started in 2012. I came back to Rochester in 2013 um, and started to just explore the city and um, do cooking shows and classes 
the different libraries around like wellness and plant-based living and gluten-free and just really networking. I really wanted to meet people in the community in Rochester that um, were living gluten-free. And I was doing a lot of that work for free. It was just networking events. I was doing pop-up luncheons and dinners that were gluten-free. And um, over time, this has just really grew into a brand and business where this website is now I'm connected with people all over the country and the world and really have created an online community where I'm, I'm teaching people about how to navigate gluten-free living and what's, what restaurants to go to in Rochester or in other cities, you know, what to buy at the grocery store ingredient-wise, um, what brands are better than others. So just a lot of advocacy on the website and just creating a community where people can feel supported and also learn from each other. And this cookbook is really, really a celebration of just a decade, uh, a little over a decade now of, of the website and me sharing with the world the recipes that I have created over the course of 10 years on my blog and, and, and also new recipes um, and as I was writing this, started as I started to put the book together and really begin the writing process in March of last year, um, I had a different vision for the book initially. But as you start to write a book, put everything together and your ideas together, I just started to come back to a lot of the recipes were dessert focused, and so that was really when I decided to make the book a niche focus and really yeah. focus on dessert. So the book is divided into five chapters where I'm. I'm giving people um, really simple ways to create gluten-free desserts and with a step-by-step photo for every recipe and, and in the book. And I have um, a cookie and brownie chapter. I have cakes and cupcakes. I have um, a, a chapter about my pies and all of that. So I'm really excited. And the book is coming out um, by late July. By late so July. I'm really excited for that. All right. Yeah. So good, good. So that would, you know, barbecues and all. And if you bring baked goods to barbecues, some people do. You need something yeah, sweet. Need something of sweet. course. Sweet. Absolutely. So let me ask you, because um, I know we, we, we went over the whole purpose of the book and you did mention, yeah. you know, gluten. Can you explain to the people? Because some people really just don't know what gluten free means as you said, right. as well as yep. what does gluten do to the body? Because a lot of people hear these terms thrown around and they don't know exactly what gluten is. They just know that it's gluten right. and it sounds healthy. So can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. So to make it very simple, gluten is the protein that is found in grains like wheat. So wheat is a, one of the, the biggest grains that we use to make things like bread, cookies, crackers, um, so gluten is a protein at the molecular level of a grain of wheat. And for people who need to be gluten-free, what happens when you ingest or, or eat something that contains gluten? Um, one of the most common illnesses of which require people to be gluten-free is called celiac disease. And celiac disease is an autoimmune illness that attacks the um, small intestine. And it really um, prevents your body from absorbing nutrients in the way that it should. So when you eat and you go, you know, some, you chew food and you swallow it and it goes through your digestive system, it's really broken down and distributed throughout your, your blood and your body in the small intestine. And so when celiac disease, that process is damaged, the villi on your small intestine are damaged. And so because of that, 
a, a whole host of different symptoms can become can start to happen. So for some people, they start to notice that their hair starts to fall out. Some people experience symptoms like fatigue. A lot of people experience um, gastro-abdominal symptoms like just a stomach ache um, and other things like that. And right now, there is a lot of research being done around like the cause of celiac disease. There's a lot of genetic factors that come into it, but there's no cure for it right now. And really, the only way to basically do something that is sort of addressing celiac disease is by having a gluten-free diet, which means that your diet, your food that you're eating does not contain gluten-containing grains or, or products. So the most common gluten-containing grains are wheat, rye, and barley. Um, and these are things that are found in almost the most um, packaged um, foods that we buy, convenience foods. So you think about like if you buy a, a box of you know cookies like Chips Ahoy or Oreos, they are made with wheat flour. You look at the ingredients, you'll see wheat as probably one of the first ingredients. So when you're gluten-free, you just have to find substitute um, ingredients. So the grains that are gluten-free naturally are rice. Um, buckwheat is a gluten-free grain, even though it has wheat in the name of it. Um, tapioca, potato. Um, so usually when you're gluten-free, when it comes to anything baked, a baked good, um, like a cookie, cracker, bread, you would have to use gluten-free grains to make that gluten-free bread which does change the texture, it changes the taste because you're using different products. I think the biggest example I can think about, so if you're gonna bake a, make, you know, make homemade pizza, you would need to make the pizza dough with um, an alternative gluten-free grain. So you would probably wanna use like some type of like a wheat flour for that, that crust. Like a cauliflower, um, maybe cauliflower is a bit cauliflower would work as well. Yep, you can you can really you can use so many different types of products to make like a crust. Like you can use potato, cauliflower works. Quinoa is a gluten free grain. Some products are made with like bean flour, navy bean flour. So there's a lot of different substitutes, but really what you're learning is how to put those ingredients together in a way that it tastes good. So that's where, you know, getting into recipe development and cooking and really teaching yourself how to experiment in the kitchen comes into play. Yeah, because um, I know you do a lot of activism work. And one of the things that, especially within the black community, that we often say is that we have poor access to different healthy <laughs> foods. A lot of people will say, well, if I go to Whole Foods, that's pretty much my whole check, you know, because this stuff is just not accessible mm -hmm. to us in certain areas. So do you think that these things with the gluten is, is higher in the black community and that's where the illnesses may come from? Do you think that's like a big thing? Because we all grabbing a pizza or eating some Oreos mm -hmm. or giving our kids Chips Ahoy or something like that, whatever we can possibly grab without really reading the label. Do you think that right. these are like the uh, biggest factors towards a lot of African-Americans having major health issues? Well, well, it, um, when you're eating a lot of processed foods, it can be a lot more expensive. I mean, I think processed foods are expensive no matter whether they're gluten-free or not. But I think that what what this book is teaching people how to do is learn learn about the different ingredients that you can buy in bulk or you can so you can eat a relatively inexpensive gluten-free diet if you're cooking the food yourself so if you're making food from scratch um if you're growing your own food so let's say you want to um 
cut down on your cost of your grocery bill. You can start a small container garden of vegetables. You can you can grow collard greens here in the summer. We can grow tomatoes, peppers, and anytime you're eating whole real food, um, fruits, vegetables, any kind of like meat, lean meat that doesn't have a lot of processing done to it, it's already naturally gluten free. So in the early years for me, when I was really learning how to eat gluten free, and I was also living on a budget, I would buy things like bags of beans, pinto beans, navy beans, which aren't very expensive. I would buy a big bag of rice because rice is gluten-free and you can do a lot of different things when you cook rice. Um, I would buy a lot of frozen veggies. So frozen veggies are oftentimes can be even healthier than fresh because they're already frozen. You buy like broccoli, um, cauliflower, carrots frozen, they're flash frozen. You put them in the freezer, they last. You can also can vegetables. So different little ways like that are ways that you can be gluten-free but still be on a budget. And I like to tell people to shop at places like Aldi is a great yeah. place to shop Hold on, we in a less expensive way. Aldi's, man, because that's... <laughs> Aldi, you can do a lot of stuff. Um, Trader Joe's um, is we have one here in, in Rochester area out in, in Pittsburgh. Um, Trader Joe's is really good for some deals. So um, if you're savvy, you can you can be gluten free on a budget. And that's a lot of my platform teaches you how to take very simple ingredients and do some really amazing stuff to it. Um, you don't have to feel like you have to be fancy. You can be very simple in how you cook. You can use um, lots of flavor, seasonings, salt, pepper, um, natural herbs, so basil, rosemary, that you can grow yourself as well to really flavor your food, but also make sure that you're doing it in the gluten-free. A lot of stuff that, that are popular in you know black cooking, southern cooking are already gluten-free. So pinto beans and neck bones, you know, maybe, or you could get turkey neck bones in your pinto beans if you want some flavor you can you know we use sweet potato yams those are all naturally gluten-free and, and often found in you know black southern cooking um greens yeah um collard greens mustard greens all of those types of things our foods we already a lot of us are accustomed to eating and they're already naturally gluten-free so you don't have to think that you have to give up some of your favorite dishes when you're when you transition to a gluten-free diet it's just learning how to cook them and prepare them in a way that is healthy for you if you need to be gluten-free. But the flip side of that, you can buy a lot of prepared packaged foods, um, box foods, box mixes that are not very healthy and still be gluten-free. So gluten-free doesn't have to mean healthy. Um, healthy is a very relative term and it really just very specific to individual people what healthy means, you know, someone who's diabetic, what healthy is to a diabetic is very different from someone who doesn't have diabetes, right? So right. that already is very relative. So I think just teaching people how to take really simple ingredients and transform them in a way that is easy to follow and understand. And the, the thing about my cookbook is that I've already experimented for you. So you don't have to, you don't have to experiment on your own. The recipe is already something that works really well once you, you know, once you get it. How did you feel once you started really going into that gluten-free diet? Did you feel any different for better? Did it take an adjustment period? Yeah, um, it took it took a, it took us several you know weeks and months to really start to see an overall difference. But um, for me, a lot of the symptoms like my stomach bloating, um, gastro, you know, abdominal cramping, those types of things. 
Um, I don't experience that when I'm, when I'm eating gluten-free. I actually, I don't have celiac disease myself. I have something called irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, yeah. Um, and there are also some other illnesses that, that are pretty prolific in the Black community. So Crohn's disease is, is underdiagnosed in the Black community, and that's another illness that has to do with the um, digestive tract in um, bowel that um, can attribute people to needing to eat gluten-free. So it oftentimes takes a lot of diff- investigation and going to a couple different, several different specialists and doctors to really figure out what's going on with your system when you're noticing symptoms. But once you figure that out, um, the, the part about navigating how to now, you know, your diet and your, what you eat is a part that can also cause lots of anxiety. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, communities like my community, the gluten-free chef community, um, we have lots of people who can support you and teach you and give you resources and really just help you navigate in a way that is a lot easier. It is a lot easier. Okay. Because I know that's a lot of things that focus that people focus on. It's like when I have to change my diet, like, you know, I know people have medical conditions and they say, Oh my gosh, I don't think I can eat this way. You know, it's like changing that whole scenario where I can't go to McDonald's anymore. I can't, you know, go to Wendy's anymore, which is a good thing if you can, can navigate it. So um, before we get ready to wrap up, Calvin, can you please, once again, I know that you have your book, Just Desserts, 40 Step-by-Step Gluten-Free Recipes, right? What is one of your favorite recipes out that book? Oh, well, let's see. Well, I um, just, I'm, I'm actually going to be at, out in Henrietta tomorrow at New Black, well, Henrietta this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this will air to the people, but um, I chocolate chip cookies. They're vegan and gluten-free. They're really good. There's only like um, less than 10 ingredients in the cookies. Um, and I really love those. So if you like chocolate chip cookies, you're also plant-based. They're really amazing in the book, and I'm really excited to be working with Hippocampo Children's Books on South Avenue as my pre-order partner, so people can pre-order now through their website, hippocampochildrensbooks.com, or you can go to my website, theglutenfreechefblog.com, to pre-order the book. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Calvin, man, thank you. This is the type of stuff that we like to talk about, folks, things that's going to affect our community and the community as a whole. Um, to make sure that we get you on track in terms of your health and your wealth, mental well-being, and, and and all. So, Calvin, again, I thank you. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man, and we had a kind of a mix-up on the schedule, but I'm glad we did this. I'm glad you popped in, man. Yeah, thank I'm glad you. you. Did all right, all right. So, before we get ready to go, guys, I want you to know: please try to eat as healthy as possible. Monitor yourself. Go to the doctor. Check yourself out. Make sure everything is above a board because we need a lot of effective soldiers and families out here, guys. The Only One Mike podcast is available on all major platforms that you stream your podcasts on. Also, check out our Only One Mike podcast YouTube channel to catch up on the past and current episodes. And please don't forget to rate the show and subscribe. Also, if you'd like to get in contact with The Only One Mike podcast, you can reach us via Instagram and Twitter at The Only One Mike P1. Facebook and LinkedIn at the Only One Mike Podcast and via email at the Only One Mike Zero Zero at gmail.com. There you can leave your comments. We thank you all once again for your time, Calvin. You included. We thank you, brother. And we encourage you to please speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others, even adult and the ignorant, because they too have their story to tell. So until next time, please keep in mind that we never had to run from the Ku Klux Klan, so we shouldn't have to run from a black man. 
Peace.